Specialty Story, session number 93. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm excited to bring you another specialist here on Specialty Stories. This week, we have Dr. Nick Potisic, a pediatric hospitalist. We dive into why pediatrics, why hospitalist medicine, and what that life looks like for Dr. Potisic. If you are interested in pediatrics, take a listen. If you are interested in hospitalist medicine, take a listen and learn. We start with how Dr. Potisic became interested in pediatric hospitalist medicine to begin with. So starting medical school, I had always had an interest in um, kids. And a lot of my life, I had done activities that work with children, whether it was a YMCA summer camp or um, youth ministry um, or even just basketball camps. Uh, so I, I knew I really enjoyed being around kids. Uh, I wasn't certain I would enjoy the medicine uh, or medical aspect of working with kids. And so um, I was a bit hesitant to commit to that entirely, but I knew that I enjoyed being around kids. And then as I immersed myself into the um, third year, um, where that was the clinical years of medicine for us at our, our school, um, there were a lot of things I really loved about pediatrics. And I Ultimately, um, by the end of that year, I was between um, medicine and pediatrics as far as, uh, and when I say medicine, internal medicine and pediatrics. Um, and ultimately, there were just all, several things that just drew me to pediatrics um, over internal medicine at that time. What do you think it was that, that drove you that way? Yeah, so I, I really liked the um, resiliency of kids. Um, uh, you just didn't see many kids pass away. However, I will say after doing residency training and even now when that does occur, it is very devastating um, as it's oftentimes unexpected or maybe it's just a child with a um, uh, significant illness. Um, and so uh, I liked how resilient they were. Um, my dad used to say that maturity was overrated and um I've never taken myself too seriously, and I just enjoy incorporating humor into my interactions um, with patients, and I found like I could readily do that with kids, um, uh, were some of the big things that drew me uh, towards working with them. Probably the other thing I really loved as well was just the incorporation of families, too. Um, I felt like not only were you taking care of the child, but you were taking care of the parents and extended family members as well. That seems to potentially drive away some potential future pediatricians or like, I, I love the kids, but dealing with the parents is just something I don't <laughs> want to deal with. How do you handle that? Well, you know, I, um, when I even decided to go into medical school in the first place, back in the day, my, um, my dad was very sick and, um, I kind of saw how, the communication a physician has um, with a loved one not only makes a difference for that individual, but it does for the entire family as well. 
Um, I had opportunities to see physicians communicate really well with my dad and family, and that was having no medical knowledge at that time. Um, I saw individuals communicate poorly. Um, and in many ways, um, I wanted to be one of those individuals that communicated well. And so um, I was attracted to that. I think you're exactly right. I think uh, that sometimes the nervousness or um, what people think are lots of worries, et cetera, from families may be a turnoff to them um, when choosing a career. But that was something that I looked forward to even before making that decision. But I think you're exactly right. What traits do you think lead to someone being a good pediatric hospitalist? Gosh, um, you know, so I'd say there's lots of different qualities that contribute to a good pediatric hospitalist. Um, when you think about pediatric hospitals, there are two real flavors. There's ones that work in an academic setting and in a community hospital um, that may or may not have learners. Um, and then some community settings do have learners. And so oftentimes you do have to really work well in a team um, just because you may have learners with you, whether that's residents, students. Um, you often have your additional support as well, um, respiratory therapy, pharmacy, um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, et cetera. And that's not separate from um, other inpatient um, fields, I'm sure. Um, other things that typically uh, serve hospitals well is um, being able to work well with your colleagues just because it's not uncommon that you'll need some specialty help depending upon the case. Um, you need to be able to communicate well, um, not only with your various team members, but also with families as well. Um, and I think teaching as well, teaching not only for learners, but for patients and families as well, so they can understand what is going on. But I don't think those are necessarily unique um, to pediatric hospitalist medicine. Now, the whole hospitalist field is still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. What do you think it was about the hospitalist position that, that drew you to that world versus being an outpatient pediatrician? Right. The hospitalist movement, even though it's been around for a while, um, the whole accreditation process is pretty new. The first um, board test will actually be um, this fall, um, and so it's that new. <laughs> um, and you're seeing more and more that uh, pediatric residents are now pursuing fellowships. And in fact, the fellowships cannot keep up with the number of people um, that are interested in uh, in pediatric hospitalist medicine. And I completely distracted myself from, oh, <laughs> what drew me to this instead of outpatient pediatrics? I liked the acuity of care a good bit more. Um, I liked dealing with uh, what I perceived to be sicker children. Um, I also like um, some of the medical mysteries I deal with, but that can also be dealt with to an extent on the outpatient setting. And I liked of working with numerous subspecialists um, and trying to figure out a problem. Um, and so those are probably the two big things, the acuity of care um, and the complexity of disease that I encounter. Let's talk about some of that disease. What are you seeing day in, day out as, as common things in the, in the hospital? Yeah, so there's a lot of seasonal variation in pediatrics. And so um, kind of around the fall to winter, it's a lot of respiratory conditions. So bronchiolitis would be the heavy hitter, not only that I see, but my colleagues see around the country. Um, pneumonia, whether that's viral or bacterial, and then asthma exacerbations too. Um, 
tend to be some of the typical respiratory illnesses that um, come in and are more seasonal dependent. Um, a lot of common things would be uh, neonates, so specifically uh, infants that are 30 days or less that have a fever uh, that get um, evaluated for uh, any kind of bacterial illness. Um, and then uh, everything else, it would be uh, sometimes skin and soft tissue uh, or bone infections um, would not be uh, uncommon. And then we're taking care of more and more uh, medically complex children who uh, are uh, in many ways technology dependent, meaning they may have a tracheostomy, um, they may be neurologically devastated, they may have a gastrostomy tube, they may require um, a home ventilator as well. Um, and so those are probably things that I can often uh, anticipate seeing when I'm on service. Describe a typical week for you. Yeah, so a typical week for me, well, <laughs> I've learned that there is no typical week for me. Um, so I'll preface it a little bit, um, is that half of my time is actually geared towards pediatric hospitalist medicine, and the other half is actually dedicated towards teaching. Um, and that's primarily medical students, but it's also residents as well. And so um, I typically uh, work about seven days in a row, um, Monday through Sunday. Um, when I work Monday through Friday, I typically start at 7 a.m. And I typically get down about 5.30 to 6 on a late day. Um, and then one of my colleagues usually takes over at night. Um, and then on the weekends, I usually just... Um, work kind of the same hours in the hospital and then I just take all from home um, on new admissions. And so what that means also then is that sometimes I do work um, at night as well, but that's not the majority of what I do. It's probably about two to three weeks of the year. Um, and then when I'm not on service, um, taking care of patients, I'm usually doing stuff with curriculum development um, and other kind of teaching activities. And there's a good bit of variability from what I do and what colleagues around the country are doing. As a pediatric hospitalist, do you have the ability to do a lot of procedures? You you actually do, and some a lot more than I do. And so um, what I find is that a lot of procedures are already done in the emergency department. If they aren't, um, then typically the ones that I would be able to do would be like a lumbar puncture. Um, would be like one of the main ones. Um, there's friends across the country who um, are trained in sedation, and so they can actually incorporate sedation into their practice, um, whether it's a patient going for a um, head MRI or some other kind of MRI and they're pretty anxious, um, or other procedures as well. Um, aside from that, um, a lot of the other procedures are smaller than that. And uh, I don't think people that do a lot of procedures in the OR would be terribly excited about them. <laughs> what does the training path look like to become a pediatric hospitalist? Yeah, so um, after completion of medical school, you do a pediatric residency, which is about three years. Um, and now uh, we're encouraging people to pursue fellowship, and that's typically two to three years. Um, there's still a lot of variability kind of within those fellowships. Some offer um, additional master's training, et cetera. Some are more research-focused, some are not. Um, and so there's a good bit of variability there. We're still trying to understand that across the field. Um, so you're looking at um, from completion of medical school about five years total. It's interesting because uh – 
the majority of pediatric residencies that I know of are are the majority hospital based, and so it's like that that is your hospitalist training. It's it's. It, I'm wondering how how useful extra training would be, or if it's just part of the process. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's a wonderful question. I suspect there'd be a good bit of debate about that across the country as well, and. Um, I, I think you do see there's a good bit of variability across the country as far as um, who gets trained more in inpatient medicine versus outpatient medicine. And I, I will say for my training, um, I trained at UNC Chapel Hill um, for medical school residency and subsequently I was a junior faculty there. Um, but I was more inpatient heavy as well. So I would agree with that. However, I have friends who um, are more outpatient um, predominant. Um, and even where I work now, I would say they... Um, at Wake Forest, or uh, probably more have a, have more of an outpatient um, feel than inpatient. So, with the new fellowship that's being created, and, yeah. and and the training and the board exams and stuff, are is it going to be required at this point for somebody who's interested in being a pediatric hospitalist to go through all that training, or can you be grandfathered in, or is there a window period where you don't have to do that? Right. So right now, people are being grandfathered in. Uh, and because of how many pediatric hospital positions there are and the lack of fellowships, um, that is still an opportunity. And so um, people typically have to have a certain amount of hours kind of leading into the board exam. And then obviously they have to pass the board exam um, kind of to that. Um, and this would be similar to what pediatric emergency medicine, I think, experienced as well. Um, but what we'll see is that um, they will uh, uh, ultimately require a fellowship once those numbers kind of catch up. But it, we're yeah. still a good bit of ways away from that. Yeah. Do you see any opportunities once somebody is trained as a pediatric hospitalist for them to further subspecialize into something that may interest them? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, some people are very much a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, one of my friends is doing um, infectious disease training and he is doing uh, a pediatric intensive care unit fellowship as well. Um, and so I think that if people found something that they really want to kind of narrow down their interest with, whether it's infectious disease or maybe they want to incorporate some additional anesthesia, et cetera, um, they could. That's kind of one of the great things about medicine. It's also, I think, one of the hard things is just that that training um, typically takes a little bit more as well. So um, kind of from those aspects, yes. Um, additionally, I think I said it earlier as well, um, for people who are interested in education or um, other aspects of medicine as well, um, you're finding that a lot of fellowships are allowing opportunities um, kind of for that as well. So for individuals to really kind of get that backing um, of education uh, too. Do you see any negative bias towards DOs in the field? No, I don't. Um, primarily, uh, where I am at Wake Forest, um, we have several um, residents who are DO trained. Um, and so I, I haven't seen that. Um, we don't have a fellowship program, and so I can't speak to that entirely. Um, but I, I don't believe so. Yeah. What do you wish... This is an interesting question because as a pediatric hospitalist, you're, you're kind of primary care, but more acute because you're in the hospital. But what do you wish the the pediatricians that are out in the community sitting in, in the 
in their offices, what do you wish that they knew about your job in the hospital to hopefully um, maybe get patients to you sooner, to, to see you sooner, to, to get care? Yeah, you know, that's a tricky question. Um, I don't know if there's as many, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they probably have many things that they wish that I would do for them. <laughs> um, I think just how accessible kind of myself or other colleagues are as well, that if they have questions, concerns, coordination um, of events and everything like that, usually, we're usually pretty happy to do that. Um, and so I think just uh, reaching out and kind of seeing um, what, um, how we can help uh, and serve like earlier, um, it's helpful. And I'm, I'm sure some areas, regions, have that better well established. Are there any special opportunities outside of clinical medicine do you see for for pediatric hospitalists? Yeah, I mean, you kind of find, I mean, again, there's a good bit of variability into what a pediatric hospitalist is. And so um, some people only work at night, and so they're called nocturnists. Some people kind of do like a hybrid model, kind of like I described, kind of the daytime and then nights as well. Some people incorporate a swing shift, which is usually a shift in the uh, late afternoon, kind of during their busiest time of patient care and admission. Um, but then on top of that, you're also seeing a lot of people work in the newborn nursery, um, and that's considered a hospitalist position as well. Some people kind of blend that along with the descriptions that I kind of described. Um, or incorporated, um, and then some people only do that. Um, and then uh, some people are creating um, follow-up clinics as well, uh, meaning that they will see patients that have recently been discharged from the hospital, seeing how they saw the patient when they were not looking so great, um, instead of their regular physician seeing them. Um, and so you are seeing some people trying to create um outpatient opportunities based off of the patients that they cared for inside the hospital as well. What do you know now that you wish you knew before going into pediatric hospitalist specialty? You know, I wish I would have done a little bit more with quality improvement. Um, That was something that is incorporated in residency programs now. And I think a lot of them are trying to really kind of bolster that um, effort. But I, I wish that um, I would have done a little bit more with that because I think that it's important um, uh, to really any field, um, specifically with hospital medicine, as you're just trying to promote change to improve uh, patient care or other processes. Um, I find it a, a really useful skill to have. And so that's one that is kind of on my to-do list uh, to gain uh, further experience with. Yeah, it's, it's something that we're required to do kind of for our maintenance of certification as all pediatricians. Um, however, it's one of those skills that I, I do think is pretty helpful in the hospital setting. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. I don't know when this episode is going live, but on my pre-med years podcast, yeah. I, I'm going to have a guest on either either before this comes out or after this comes out who she runs a master's program that's engineering based, but it's all around process improvement and and really oh, wow. breaking down systems and looking at where issues are uh, because it's, it's something that that physicians need uh, very, very much so. I think so as well. So I, and I think in the hospital's environment, I mean, 
so many environments that applies to. And so I don't think it's necessarily just pediatric hospitals, but I, yeah. I do find it a fascinating um, area and one that would be helpful um, in many situations. Yeah. Got to break out the uh, Toyota system books and learn all <laughs> that Six Sigma and Lean and all that fun uh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just see some, some fields, some industries have it down really well. Yep. Very cool. What do you like the most about being a pediatric hospitalist? Um, I enjoy most working with learners. Um, and, and again, I think that can be done in a variety of settings, but um, I love kind of working with a team of students and residents and pharmacists and nursing staff. And um, I love opportunities to teach. I love opportunities to see people grow um, as clinicians um, and other providers. I um, really enjoy uh, still getting a diagnosis right, regardless of how big or small it is. Um, and I love trying to um, just impart knowledge, questioning why we do the things that we do um, and how to get better about that as well. What do you like the least? Um, probably, I think one of the hardest parts is uh, sometimes you don't necessarily think that a child needs to be hospitalized all the time, but at the same time, I, I find that I respect my emergency department colleagues um, and trust that you know when they saw the child initially that the child was not well off. And um, so sometimes I don't necessarily think that kid needs to be hospitalized, but that seed has already been planted uh, kind of for them. And so I don't love that, but at the end of the day, if it brings a peace of mind to the family, if it um, kind of honors uh, the initial decision-making of one of my colleagues, then I'm comfortable with doing it. Um, but sometimes it feels a little unnecessary. Do you see any major changes coming to the field outside of boards and all that fun stuff <laughs> that, that maybe a medical student or resident should be thinking of? Gosh, no, not now. I mean, that's that's by far the biggest thing that everybody is um, talking about. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of as more fellowships start popping up, um, kind of how they uh, develop the curriculum even more uh, to standardize the training that um, learners are getting. If you had to do it all over again, would you still be a pediatric hospitalist? Oh, yeah. I love what I do. As we finish up here, what last words of wisdom do you have for a medical student or pre-med or, or even a, a pediatric resident thinking about this? What do you have to say to them? Well, I, I think whatever um, that learner is doing or thinking about, I think the main thing is to remember why they decided to go into medicine in the first place, um, what they loved about it. Um, and where can they maximize the things that they love? Um, is it being a pediatric hospitalist like it is for me or is it somewhere else? Because I think that on your best days, on your days that aren't so great, um, it makes all the difference. Um, when you kind of make a decision like that, when it's something that you're excited about, when it's something that you can um, just remember, like the joy and the love that you have about the things that you do. Um, it's a challenge sometimes to always keep that at the forefront of our minds. And I don't do that either. Um, but I try to, and I think that when working with learners, et cetera, it allows me to, the opportunity to try to inspire that generation. Um, so I, I guess <laughs> being overly wordy, but follow your heart um, and what you're most passionate about, because at the end of the day, that will serve you best. 
All right, there you have it. Again, Dr. Nick Potisic, a pediatric hospitalist, sharing his journey and what pediatric hospitalist medicine looks like so that you have a good idea of what may be out there for you. Next week, we have a great guest, a reproductive psychiatrist, something that I didn't know existed until I talked to her. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Specialty Stories.